This is a podcast from Minute Media. A mighty mischievous roar broke out in Madison Square Garden on Friday night. It wasn't because the New York Rangers were dusting the Pittsburgh Penguins in a pivotal playoff-defining open skate. The joy, instead, was being piped in from Philadelphia, like white smoke to announce a new age. St. Peter's had done the impossible for the third time in eight days. The Peacocks, from across the Hudson in Jersey City, employing a no-nonsense effort, guile, and possibly some unexplained assist from the universe, rose to the moment and dispatched Purdue and their innate giant obstacles. Eyes and necks looked to the heavens and saw the scoreboard of the most famous arena in the world blazing bright with the final score and news the Elite Eight had its first ever number 15 seed. The crowd collectively followed the script and joined the euphoria. How many of them had never heard of the school a short ferry ride away before last week? That answer doesn't matter. Because there are few things better in this world than the out-of-town scoreboard serving as an applause line. And there are few things better in this world than a dancing Cinderella who broke her clock so it would never strike midnight. Surely, a large section of the MSG masses followed the score bucket by bucket on their phones or streamed the game in some sort of sports multitasking challenge. But the dopamine hit intensifies when the analog world of content creators delivers the news in 496 point font. Real magic is found in togetherness, not solitude. We know what to do with these teams that bust our brackets and then bust into our hearts. March Madness is the greatest sporting event in the world because it reinforces a universal truth all fans would rather ignore. No one knows anything. The future is unknowable, and the St. Peter's of the world prove that over and over and over and over again. History cannot be written in advance. It must be cataloged in the present. They're called teams of destiny because they change destiny or what the rational portions of the brain believe is pre-written destiny. They grab the chisel and write their names on the wall by brute force and heroics. We're learning those names right now as we always do. They're forever welcomed into our consciousness. Shaheen Holloway, the former player who feels like a sixth man at times with his unflappable demeanor. Daryl Banks III, the Los Angeles kid who created a big blue nation with 27 points against Kentucky. Doug Edert, who Kevin Harlan said looks like a young Sam Rockwell with supreme confidence and coolness. The mustache of a million memes. A bandwagon is amassed to a side rivaling any of those storybook teams, surely the largest since Loyola, with the potential to break all of the records. Cinderella's speak to us because we all have a chip on our shoulder, no matter how hard we try to deny it. They're avatars for disrespect and constraints. To see them overcome, seemingly always on sheer will, no matter how much physical talent is ever present, affirms something inside. We champion these Davids as they slay Goliaths, most importantly, because it feels so damn good. It's harder today than ever before to share reality with a near universal approval rating. St. Peter's is that miracle, that one in a million event horizon that's welcomed with open arms and pleased to cut down the nets and stay just a little while longer. And then 
as always seems to happen, it came crashing down quickly. I'm Kyle Coster, and this is the Kyle Coster Show. St. Peter's is lost by 20 to North Carolina. The first ever number 15 seed in the Elite Eight is out, and the Carolina Tar Heels complete what is the most blue-blooded Final Four since perhaps 2008 by putting up a performance. This game was over the moment it started. The magic ran out. We will always have the memories. Right now, we could sit here and say North Carolina might be the best team remaining in the tournament based on the way they closed the season, how they blitzed everybody they played, save for a 25-point comeback by Baylor, which was fueled on by a questionable foul call in round two. The final four is set. And honestly, we can hit on North Carolina really quickly right here. I have the least to say about them. Something special happened when they knocked off Duke on Coach K's big night. At the time, I said that's probably one of the biggest wins in school history. Maybe hyperbolic. Maybe not, because look what it's catapulted them to. This team can win it all. They, in retrospect, seem like one of the most skilled eight seeds that we've seen in the last two decades. Maybe the last time, maybe the most analogous side for them is that eight-seeded Kentucky team that blitz through to the final unexpectedly. That's kind of the blueprint that they are following. Hubert Davis, a lot of people said some things that they wish they could probably have back about Hubert Davis and his ability to coach high-level basketball started a bit slow, but you want to know what? The season comes to a head in college basketball in a way that it really doesn't elsewhere. It's kind of all that matters. It's all window dressing until elimination time comes and you find out what type of team you have when 40 minutes stand between you and a long off season and those questions and North Carolina answered the bell each and every single time it told in the tournament, a huge win against UCLA in a, in a thrilling game on Friday night, up and down that UCLA team had shot makers. It had, a whole core that went to the final four last year that wasn't going to be knocked off the spot. The Tar Heels had Caleb Love, who was raining down threes from 30 feet, from 29 feet. No conscience in that one, putting up 30 points. He scored 23 against Marquette. He had 14 today. This Carolina team is deep. They have playmakers at a lot of the positions. Brady Manick is a weapon inside. He's a weapon outside. Armando Bacot in the middle there is a horse. His line today, 20 points, 22 rebounds. The Nick Collison special. Hope you got him on DraftKings or any fantasy daily game that you were playing because he showed out. This sets up the matchup that we all kind of circled the night the bracket came out thinking maybe just maybe this could happen at the time. It didn't seem like North Carolina was going to get there, but it will be Duke versus North Carolina for the first time in the NCAA tournament in new Orleans. That is the nightcap and Oh baby. The storylines are bountiful, plentiful expectations are going to be high. I would not be surprised. There's your media take right out of the gate right here. That's going to set some ratings records. The Wisconsin-Kentucky 
game of a few years back where the Wildcats came in undefeated is the standard bearer for a semifinal. Looking for that to get blown out of the water. You're going to see a lot of people right now saying they're sick of Duke, North Carolina, and people don't care. And, you know, this is analogous to the East Coast bias of the Yankees, Red Sox. Get out of here. You're wrong. You will be proven wrong by these numbers. It's also Coach K's swan song. Don't know if you heard that one. CBS's cameras have been trained on him the moment he enters a six-block radius of the arena. They have a guy up on a tower like a sniper spotter. They're not going to allow him. They're not going to allow his wife to get in without being on camera, going to kind of like a depressing dressing room. The other game that was going on, as you've seen, took the back seat. It doesn't matter if it was a tie game with 50 seconds left. They were going to go for that Coach K hero shot because this is the Coach K tournament. And damn it, if Duke has not rised to the occasion for him. Obviously, a very depressing personal experience for me with Michigan State leading by five late and then seeing Paulo Bancaro, Jeremy Roach, Mark Williams, A.J. Griffin, you name them, Trevor Keels. The weaponry on this team is spectacular. They're NBA-ready players no matter where you look. They authored a great comeback against State. They responded by taking care of Texas Tech and Arkansas, a game muscleman crew, tried to take the game to them, but the fight was too much for the Blue Devils, and they are in the Final Four yet again. Coach K's 13th, 13th Final Four. Man, that's a lot, and he's a polarizing figure, but what he's done at the helm there. There's, there's just no equal in the modern game. I got to tell you as as much as coach K rankles me at times, because there is some entitlement there. There's been a different side of him on display this year that I don't remember seeing ever before. He seems more human. He seems slightly less in control of the ultimate outcome of the game He kind of seems to be willing his kids to win. It's kind of a weird thing. And I, it, I, this is maybe some ground to tread lightly on, but I would say that he showed his age a little bit this year. And maybe that's why he's walking away, but maybe that's kind of like softened him a little bit in the public because you see a guy out there in this tournament that wants to win. So damn badly that he's wearing it on his sleeve in ways that he hasn't before the tournament is always fodder to tune in and see duke get dispatched it's the happiest day on a lot of people's sporting calendars and that's not sad when the king goes down and someone else gets to ascend to the throne that's usually a happy day for the commoners who have not enjoyed the same level of power that the royal family has that's just human nature and there's been talk online i mean everybody writes their piece to get clicks whether it's okay you should be rooting for duke or hell no you absolutely should not be rooting for duke and largely i've been pretty indifferent obviously taking outside the michigan state game because there was a clear preference there i am finite i am financially tied to a blue devil final appearance which is kind of weird but 
it's not really bothering me personally. And I wonder how if there's kind of like a softening from the public as well, because there's something about this team. They have a lot of heart. Banchero is a guy who's going to go at worst number three in the draft. There's been some questions about his motor. Can he do it when the bright lights are on? That's been answered. This dude takes over. He's a great playmaker. He can find his other players with tremendous passes and nothing really seems to face him. And then you talk about Roach, Roach's ability to go tough to the hole. Williams in that seven foot seven wingspan in the middle as an elite rim defender and lob threat in college basketball, sort of a Julio Okafor type, uh, maybe the last dominant Duke big man we saw like that in the seven foot range. I think what Duke is showing us in this tournament is the legacy of Coach K, and that's the number one program in the game. And it'll be highlighted as we head to New Orleans when there is so much winning around Duke. The three other teams there, no slouch, obviously. North Carolina, don't need to go into that. Villanova ascending to be maybe the fourth blue blood in college basketball. I'll do a little bit more on that after we take our commercial break and Kansas with Bill self. Look at this. This is, this is the type of final four that you dream about. And everybody loves the first few days and the first weekend for the upsets. We love a Cinderella as I spoke about St. Peter's in such flowery terms earlier, but when the rubber hits the road, we kind of want to see these huge matchups between these tremendous programs, the legacies, the tradition, the uniforms, the comfort, all of that stuff. We have it in droves, in bucketfuls. And if you want an example of that, look no further than the Kansas Jayhawks, who were unheralded as a one seed, not the sexiest team in the tourney, not the biggest storylines surrounding Bill Self's squad. But they found themselves down six against Miami. They looked to be on the ropes. And then they responded with a 47 to 15 blitzkrieg in the second half. And they will be dancing. They will be going to New Orleans. They have been in every final four located in the Big Easy since 1993. They love Bourbon Street. They love beignets. They love the general vibe down there. Some sort of trombone music maybe a happy funeral, even if they lose. Bill Self goes down there. He lets his hair down figuratively, maybe metaphorically as well. This is a team that can win it all. They're deep. They're talented. They are the sum of their parts. They're composed out there. And when you talk about Kansas's pecking order in the college basketball powers, this will go a long way because the thing that prevents people from accepting Kansas as the one or two or third best program out there is the propensity and the habit to lose in the tournament before the elite eight to drop games. They shouldn't to not capitalize on all that talent to see the big 12 regular season and tournament success stand alone and not be capped or punctuated by winning against a field of teams from other conferences. There's a real chance for that to change. Self, if he gets another one, 
we have to start reframing the conversation about his place in the game as a whole. But the thing I really want to talk about in the fourth team to round out the final four is Villanova, which dispatched Houston. The Cougars could not shoot a lick, and Villanova is going back to yet another final four, their third since 2016, their fourth since 2009. And Jay Wright has ascended to the place where he is the heir apparent. He is the successor to Coach K. This is something that everybody has been trying to figure out ever since Coach K announced that he was in his last dance. And Jay Wright has responded with yet another remarkable postseason run. And the thing that stands out about this Villanova team is I am not sure I have seen a side run their offense as confidently and as efficiently as the Wildcats do year in and year out. It is a masterclass in pump fakes and moving without the ball. Everybody has a sense of purpose and direction. And over the course of 40 minutes, it can really wear you down. And he gets total buy-in from his players. There is always a Connor Gillespie around to run point. Three-point shooting is there. But the free throw line is where this team has really stood out. They have an opportunity if they knock a few down in the Final Four or the championship game to be the greatest free throw shooting team in the history of college basketball. They're currently at 82.8% for the season throughout the course of the tournament's first four games. They made 53 of 59 from the charity stripe. And you want to talk about these games, which are decided on razor thin margins in neutral courts, always four points one way or another. If you have a squad that can go out there, and shoot 90%, no matter who has the ball in crunch time, no matter who walks to that line, you have confidence that they're going to knock down two. Well, that wins you a lot of basketball games. And Jay Wright deserves all the credit in the world for establishing Villanova as a blue blood. We've talked about how New Orleans is going to be the nexus of power for college basketball. It's my belief that if you sat down to make a list right now, right now, Villanova would be among the top four programs in the nation. And the facts kind of speak for themselves. This is their third Final Four since 2016. They have two championships. They are perennial Big East contenders, if not champions. They're kind of disrespected and underappreciated as the season goes on because the Big East is not what it once was. That's not to say it's a bad league. It's just to say that it takes a backseat to some of the sexier, larger conferences. And I think a lot of people go into March and wonder what these teams really have. For Villanova, those questions should have ended years ago. And here's kind of where I want to go with Jay Wright as it pertains locally back to Michigan State and Michigan because I would like this show to always have a lens at the local angle. And the theory is that if Jay Wright is going to be the next Coach K, because I think he will continue this success, 
He may not reach 13 Final Fours because that's absurd. He has a chance to win a handful of championships, to go down as one of the most impressive stalwarts at a proud program that's ever suited up on a suit. Or now you've seen he's affected the more casual quarter zip look. That's kind of a shame. Best dressed guy in college basketball kind of just looks like he is going to the YMCA for a light buys and tries day. Uh, the things the pandemic took from us, um, they're very difficult to enumerate them. Some are more serious than others, but Jay Wright's fashion taking a step back towards more comfort casual. I'm not so sure that's a good thing, but it's not so much about what Jay Wright is going to become. You can make the case right now that Jay Wright is already the heir apparent to Tom Izzo and his Villanova program has taken the corner that the Spartans once proudly inhibited. Let's go through the facts. That's four Final Fours for Wright. It took him a bit to get going. There was a gap between appearances between 2008 and 2016. But anytime you put together three in six years, and mind you, there was a year where they did not play the tournament, so it's three in five years, potentially looking at three crowns as well. That's wild. Tom Izzo made the Final Four three consecutive years when he was first starting out and won it in the middle trip. Now he's yet to reach that pinnacle, and that's a source of much consternation. Uh, the jokes about the Big Ten not winning at all since 2000 have been ubiquitous. A lot of people think that Izzo is overrated because his record in the Final Four is abysmal. No argument there, um, but I think in college basketball, you set your success level at reaching the Final Four. There's 358 Division I teams. To be the last four standing is a remarkable accomplishment. You can say the same thing about the people who want to poo-poo what Mark Few has done at Gonzaga. Only one team can win, okay? So let's have some humility about how easy this really is. Gonzaga has made the title game twice. That's not nothing. When a team goes into a season, when a team goes into a tournament, and they fail to walk away with the entire thing, it's not a wasted year. College basketball, more than any other sport, is built around that European model of fandom where you can achieve various levels of success throughout the year because it is so hard to be the ultimate winner. And I think some of what has plagued college football about making it all revolve around the national title is starting to creep into college basketball, especially at this time of year when you get the Johnny come lately's the bandwagon fans whose number one impulse is to always make the thing they don't fully understand or aren't invested in worse. And we get that every single spring, but Villanova is a program that we had a remarkable title run. One of the most famous teams of all time in 1985, the upset over Georgetown, which featured unbelievable second half shooting to me, that's analogous to Michigan State's 1979 run with Magic Johnson. Transcendent moment in the tournament's history. Kind of a long gap between returning to the top of the mountain again for Michigan State. It was 20 years. For Villanova, it was 21 years. But like Izzo, once Wright got there, he started getting 
better and he started making more frequent and reliable trips to that promised land. And he's not going to stop. It is a gritty program. It is a program that has an identity. It is a program that in a way all of them do still revolves around the man on the sidelines and you see all the momentum that they have, all the cachet, all the recent success, all the chest thumping that they should feel emboldened to do. And it makes Michigan State fans nostalgic for a time where this was more of a reality for the Spartans. Yes, there is no shame in Tom Izzo going to eight Final Fours. Greatest coach that's ever stepped foot on a field here in the state of Michigan. I feel confident saying that. That is my take. Some of his legacy and allure is shaded and colored and slightly distorted because he had the weird thing where he made the final four every four years for that long stretch. So the saying used to be that nobody who ever played under Tom Izzo and stayed for four years missed out on the final four. That finally happened with Adrian Payne and Keith Appling, I believe, but it, it was kind of like these shot in the dark runs. Even some of the later ones that they did came as a real shock in 2015. They were a seven seed in 2010. They were a five. They've had upsets in front of them in the tournament. The team has played a lot like Izzo, this underdog chip on the shoulder type guy ascending to play with the big boys. But let's just say it right now. If they we're going to re-envision the champions tournament that starts each and every season in which Michigan state is in it with Kentucky Duke and Kansas. You can make a strong argument that the Spartans don't belong to be in that anymore. The last championship was in 2000. Yes, they are one of the top 15 programs in college basketball. No doubt each and every year they're, floor is higher than almost any program out there because you can see that they've made 24 consecutive tournaments to begin with, but they're not ascending to the highs that the other teams are. So if you were going to rework this Villanova would be a really strong contender to put in there. And so would Michigan. And it's a little bit painful for me to admit that, but after the Wolverines come off a run in which they squeak in at 17 and 14, but play very well in responding to early deficits against Colorado State and then get a clutch, extremely memorable victory over a great Tennessee team before ultimately meeting their match. That's five straight Sweet 16s that they've made over in Ann Arbor. And that spans both John Beeline and Juwan Howard. I think that even the most optimistic Michigan State fan right now knows that the Wolverines basketball program is in really good shape. The recruiting has been off the charts. Questions about Howard's in-game management persist. His demeanor, yes, there was that incident. Make of that what you will. But he's going to figure it out, and they're going to be there all the time. Maybe they are the more reliable side in the state to go deep into the NCAA tournament. They have made the championship game twice in the last nine years, an incredibly impressive feat. They will probably be back within the next five years. These March runs 
reshape the way that we view the state of play. Villanova, if anybody was questioning where they stand in the pecking order, those questions have been answered. And they will be doubly answered if Villanova wins at all, which they very well may do. That game against Kansas, yes, they lost a marquee player to injury. But the great thing about Jay Wright is the team is the sum of all of its parts. They're going to give you the best effort each and every single time. So shifting of some plates in college basketball, a tremendous final four is set. So much to appreciate. This tournament worked out the way we always want it to with very memorable upsets early on. And then the cream of the crop rising when it mattered. The Elite Eight games, not very good. Hopefully next Saturday, we get two classics. And then a week from tonight, we get a doozy for all the marbles. What a tournament. What a weekend. I'm Kyle Coster. Thanks for listening. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.